aren't you about tired of listening to sports shows with all the woke bullshit? So are we. This is Patriot Sports Radio. Patriot Sports Radio. Fed up with the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media. If it's sports, from the high school level to the pros, we're talking about it. Like the red-blooded Americans we are. God bless America. God bless America. God bless America. Let's do this. And now, here's Eric, Angela, John, Chris, and the coach. Welcome back, my friends. If you're new, welcome in. It usually runs smoother than this, I promise. I'll be on the ball. Anyway, division previews roll on as we break down the NFC East today. I'll give a short cap of uh, what these teams did last year, and then we'll pontificate upon what's going to happen this season. Chris is over there running things correctly, as always. I'm here talking over shit. Angela's busy. She's doing high-level interior design things. That's okay. We got Coach in a vehicle. We got John with headband and two guests. Andrew Robb, one of the last remaining Commodores fans. And you know what? They're they're the commanders. I'm going to call them by the right name today out of respect. That's not the right name. That's still in flux, isn't it? Aren't they in a a knockdown, dragout legal battle over commanders? You might end up as the football team again. And Jordan Thomas, a self-admitted Cowboys fan. Like you tell people that willingly. Yeah, it's hard knock life, but somebody's got to live it. <laughs> so uh, how are things over there at Truth Serum Football, Jordan? Truth Serum Football, Fantasy Sports Corporation, TSS Fantasy, the weekly throwdown. Man, I have more. I'm doing more shows that I know what to do with right now, but glad to be back at Patriot Sports Radio. You are a busy, busy man. Andrew, what you been doing over there at Sports Gambling Network? How you doing? Good. A uh, little bit of everything. Uh, obviously, deep dive into fantasy football. I am a co-host of the fantasy football podcast for the Sports Gambling Podcast. Um, you know, we do a lot of best ball stuff with Underdog, uh, but I also did just start writing this year for the NFL division of the Sports Gambling Podcast. I've uh, been doing some division previews myself, player props, uh, picks. I mean, you name it. They kind of uh, have us doing you know a little bit of everything over there. Love it. We got the right guy for the divisional previews. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I just saw this schedule you were sent by Circa. What is this about? Yeah. So here they actually sent me a mini one, too, that I that I have right here. It's a uh, it's pretty nice little schedule grid. They got has all the teams. It lists out uh, where the game is. When it is, uh, if it's a Sunday night, Thursday night, Monday night, uh, if it's a kickoff game, if it's in Europe, if it's Black Friday, you name it, they have it on there. Uh, somebody had posted a picture of it a few weeks ago, and I just commented on it was like, man, I need to get my hands on one of these. And uh, one of the casino hosts actually reached out to me on Twitter uh, and offered to send me one. Uh, I just got it. Derek Stevens, the owner of Circa, signed it himself, circled the commanders on it for me. Um yeah, so it's a it's a pretty cool thing. But yeah, I mean, really, they, they reached out to me. If you guys have not been to the Circa in Las Vegas yet, it is the top-notch place to go. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. I've been there twice now. Um, I mean, their their customer service is above all. It's it's l- like literally the leading industry, uh, industry standard for customer service out there in Vegas. So if you guys have not been there, I definitely recommend getting out there because it's, it's a place like no other. 
Especially if you're a sport better. That's I want to go out. hang out there so yeah. bad and meet Derek if he's at the end of the bar and be like, yeah. what's up, brother? He, he was there. He like that. He's an every man's guy. Yeah, he was awesome. Uh, we actually met him. My, my wife and I met him. He was at the the mega bar that they have in there, sitting there. And I just walked up to him and just like, "Hey, Derek, you know, I'm Andrew from Sports Gambling Podcast. You know, Sean and Kramer." And he's like, "Oh yeah." He's like, "He's like, get whatever you guys want." He's like, "It's all on me." And so, like, super <laughs> nice guy, very classy. Um, you know, great individual to talk to as well. Very, very smart individual. He understands business and uh, is obviously capitalizing out there in Vegas. Yeah, I'd love to get him on the show. It's just a great story. Blue collar guy from Michigan ends up owning multiple hotel casinos. They're just putting up a new place in Illinois now. He's uh, he's big time. Yeah. So we need to talk to Derek about sponsorship. That's that's the money right there. Yeah, Derek. That's who we want. Patriot Sports Radio presented by Circa. I mean, that just sounds good. That just sounds right. So NFC East. We'll go in order of how the teams finished and. Uh, We'll pontificate. We'll predict things. First, your Philadelphia Eagles, 14 and three last year, the number two offense, the number seven defense, fourth against the rush or the fourth rushing offense. Sorry, ninth passing offense. They were 16th defensively against the rush and the number one pass defense in the league head coach Nick Sirianni. Once again, they added Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift. Backfield's going to look a little bit different. They also brought in uh, Marcus Mariota. Ever heard of him? And they drafted I, they drafted Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith, which should be illegal. The only real departure is C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Miles Sanders went to Carolina. Javon Hargrove they lost off the front and Gardner Minshew. But, I mean, you get, uh, you get Mariota. So that's a one-for-one. Other than that, it's been fairly quiet. It's just about camp battles. Like, I tried to find some salacious Eagles news. Not a lot. They lost the Super Bowl last year. So do they carry that curse? Does somebody else win the East? I feel like playing football into February when everybody else stopped in December is uh, is a hindrance. It feels like they're relying on a lot of younger players, letting some people go. Plus, we all know, you know, the hangover. So what do we think? What do we think about the Philadelphia Eagles? I'm not so sure they can just cruise to uh, to another Eastern crown and or Super Bowl. Well, I'm looking at their schedule. It's not terrible at the beginning, but man, is it brutal in November coming off a of bye? You got Chiefs, Bills, Niners. So uh, it could be a tale of two seasons with the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, kicking off the season, they go at Patriots. That's a team we don't know what they're going to be. Vikings, Bucks, Commanders, Rams. Eh, they should win most of those. But, yeah, like I said, once you get into November, that's really what we're going to see what they're made of again. So, we'll is the comm- John, when they play the Commanders, is that a scrimmage? Is that Does that count on the schedule? <laughs> you know, <laughs> they were 8-8-1 eight, eight last year. I mean, uh, I mean, if I don't, you know, I, I want to remind everybody <laughs> – they they lost a regular season game to to somebody midway through the year on a Monday night, I believe. Was that yeah. the Commanders? They sure did. <laughs> I believe it was. They sure did. Seems that like was, was after one of those Aaron Andrews tell us how great you are interviews, which are curse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I mean, it's hard to predict anybody other than the Eagles in this division, but I am open to hearing arguments against that. 
I'm, I've got the argument right here. The uh, NFC East specifically has not had a repeat division winner, I believe, since 2004. Um, every year it's somebody new. I, I, I think Dallas does take the division this year, but I think everybody in this division has the potential to make the playoffs. Three of them did last year, and the commanders were right on the outside looking in. So even though I do think the Eagles have tons of talent, and I think – adding on paper a guy like DeAndre Swift and a guy like Rashad Penny, it makes him look like that offense will be even better. But good luck getting both of those guys to suit up for even half of the season. I think Jalen Hurts played out of his mind last year, had as yeah, good did. of a year as he can. I don't expect him to paid. replicate it. I uh, Yeah, he just got paid. Um, that wallet's fat. Um, I'm not saying he'll have a terrible year. I'm not even saying he'll have a down year. I just don't expect him to hit that level again. So while I do think the Eagles are uh, a team that's going to have a winning record, we'll get into the playoffs. I absolutely do not think they'll repeat as division champions. Hey, Andrew, are you? do you ever watch college uh, football? Yeah. So you know how they talk about fucking Texas every year, top five team, <laughs> Texas, Texas. They do the same damn thing with the Cowboys. Every fucking year we got to hear this shit. They do. Every year. The Coach difference is, <laughs> the difference is though, the Cowboys usually are a top five NFL team. Recently, they've done really well. And do they fold in the playoffs? Yes, like a piece of paper. I get it. But <laughs> I'm just saying the track record's there. They've won some divisions. They're consistently um, competitive. My Longhorns, that's a whole ass other story. I don't ever want to hear about them all, being a top 25 again going love. into the SEC. I know, except the for their love. fans who cannot stand them. Right. <laughs> So I was looking at their schedule and I put together what I count as wins, what I see as losses, and I see five that I couldn't put anywhere, five toss-ups. So you tell me, of these toss-ups, what are going to be wins? Versus the Patriots at home. Win. They can win that game. At Chargers Monday Night Football. Ooh, out in California, different time zone, prime time game. We've already that seen that game what, is the Chargers to lose. We've already seen what that defense can do to a Kellen Moore run offense. Give me the Eagles in that one too. The Cowboys, you mean rather? <laughs> no, no, no. The Eagles. Kellen Moore is in uh Los Angeles now. He he's running the Chargers. So I mean, we've already seen what okay. happens there. All right. December 3rd, Seahawks, Thursday night football. Where is that? That's in at Dallas. Seahawks. Ooh. Oh, we're talking about the Cowboys. My bad. Yeah, we're talking about Cowboys. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Does that change your Chargers? Yeah, I think Dallas takes the Chargers. I think we take the Seahawks. I I, I would have us at three and at this point on that. All right. Here's here's one versus the Lions at home. You think you're beating the Lions at home? Sounds no. like it's slam dunk. No. 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 I think That's that was a pretty big toss-up. That's no, a revenge no. game. If if you recall yeah, the playoff yeah, game that Dallas won on a bullshit non-call, that's a revenge game for De- Detroit. Listen, we we already had our karma on that though the following week with the bullshit Des caught it call. So I mean, all of that was they all the one debt. postseason, and you talk about an emotional debt. roller coaster. <laughs> all right, and then last one, week one, opening up at the Giants. They win that. Nah. Cowboys win that, coach. No. Yeah. Dak absolutely look look everybody hates on Dak and I get it because I hate on him too that dude has 
absolutely owned this division. I, I pick him every time. I don't think we will go six and zero in division games this year, but I think we'll we'll go four and two. And I think one of those will be against Philadelphia, and then either the um, Giants or the Commanders will get the other one. Probably the Commanders because they seem to be the one that always kind of sneaks up and gets us. They they seem to have the Giants number always. Mm-hmm. I mean they. They just have the Giants number, and and I'm one of those people that believe that there are certain teams that just it just is not your day, no matter what. Um, I, I do think the Cowboys win that game, and, and they will go in there and win it. I I, I don't know. The Cowboys are going to be different this year. They're going to look different, and they're going to have a a little bit of a different um, feel to them because we don't have any Zeke. Um, Thank God. And that and that changes oh, things for shit. the better for Dallas fans because for a while I feel like their their especially their their offensive play calling was a little bit um, and and going back to the Kellen Moore uh, situation it was a little bit to pacify this contract that was looming and that they that they spent a ton of money on and, and and kind of to to quiet the naysayers on on the fact that they spent so much money but that that is gone and. And that helps the Cowboys. And I'm not a Cowboys fan. In fact, I'm pretty much the opposite. But um, I will say that they are going to look different this year. And and, and I think in a positive way. Uh, I think early in the season, it's going to be a, a tough go. But I think towards the end, they may be one that gets it together. I, I disagree with you wholeheartedly. They're not beating the Eagles on any planet, on any and any field they did last so, season 27 and 7 is Dak's career record well, against the that, NFC East and the oh, Eagles team is far better this year than it was than you're playing last year and you guys didn't get that much better see but, I think we got quite a bit better I think Dallas plugged the two biggest holes on that team we needed a legitimate wide receiver too which Brandon Cooks will absolutely slot into that role and Listen, it's no secret. We've absolutely been gashed up the middle for what seems like a decade. I don't know if Mozzie Smith is that guy, but man, I am glad we got a big, huge human being to put in the middle of that defensive line. And then now we don't have to worry about Zeke and his 1.7 yards per carry. Like, I, I think Dallas has got quite a the best shape of his life, Jordan. I just saw him running between garbage cans this morning. I see it every year. <laughs> Of the last of the last ten games between the Giants and the Cowboys, how many do you think the Cowboys have won? Nine. Nine. Six. Whoa. I didn't I didn't know it was like that. Oh, it's like that. <laughs> I didn't know it was that one sided. Again, Dak wow. doesn't do a whole lot well, but he absolutely crushes against the NFC East as good as anybody. Well, let's let's be honest. There hasn't been a whole lot there to crush besides the Eagles. Eric, what are they against the Commanders? 16 of the last 20. Uh, let's see. Commanders. I would bet, without looking at it, West. I bet the Commanders have the best record against us of anybody in the NFC East since Dak started. Because, right. again, they always get us, man. It always happens. My ass is still chapped about that Antonio four touchdown game a couple years ago. Like, they just, I don't know what it is. Six and four. Yeah, that's close. Okay. Yeah. They lost the last one 26 to 6. That's hard to Sam do. Sam Howe, 100% win rate against the NFC East. <laughs> that was a that was a throwaway game for them though. <laughs> uh, yeah, they added your Cowboys added Brandon Cooks, Ronald Jones, Dante Fowler. I mean, if uh if Pollard can't do it, you're stuck relying on Ronald Jones and I think you'd be the first 
person ever to rely on Ronald Jones. I, I, I don't think Ronald Jones makes the team, honestly. I, I think that they will feel more confident in Malik Davis, young guy, looked good in spurts last season. Agreed. And Deuce Vaughn, he's little, he's he's the might be the smallest running back in the league, but man, that kid absolutely popped and dominated dominated in college. I don't know if it'll translate at the next level, but we don't know who Deuce Vaughn is. Everybody knows who Ronald Jones is. I, I don't think he makes the final roster. Jordan, yeah. do you think Malik Davis can play that goal line role for you guys? Because if abs- not, okay, yeah. Because like, if not, I'm not sure who else you're going to have pounding the ball there. I mean, everyone else is small. Yeah, a lineman maybe. Maybe <laughs> actually give Dak a couple carries, you know. But but yeah, I, I completely agree. Pollard's not that guy. And uh, uh, yeah, um, Vaughn definitely is not that guy. Mm-hmm. Sorry, brain fart. You lost Leighton Vander Esch and Tyron Smith. That's rough. No, Vander Esch and Tyron are both still there. Oh, really? Yes, absolutely. Oh, then I looked at the wrong column. Tyron but can, is. But can they uh, stay healthy? That's well, the key. no, Vander Esch is just a reincarnation of the last middle linebacker. Oh, Sean so, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> I think Vander Esch has a better chance of staying healthy than Tyron Smith. But one thing that I really love that Dallas has done over the last couple of seasons is they've really tried to reinforce that offensive line. So it used to be a couple of years back when Tyron Smith got injured is like, fuck, here goes the next four games. Right. But now we have some reinforcements. We we have some good depth at the offensive line. Tyler Smith was a home run pick last yeah, season. Tyler Smith. You got yeah. a new Ty Smith. He plugs right back in. Yeah. So, so. I, I don't think Dallas is as dependent on Tyron Smith as they've been in years past. I think he's a nice plus to have when he is playing, but I don't think any Cowboys fan expects him to play, you know, more than 60% of the season. What about your tight end situation? Glad you asked. Witten, back. Witten coming back. So, man, and, you know, I'm a big fantasy guy, obviously, and, and everybody is just, like, hyper-focused on on Shoemaker, our second-round pick um, out of Michigan. Um, I don't think that kid's going to make much of an impact on the offensive side of the ball. I, I think he will definitely be our main blocking tight end. But, man, in a very limited sample size last season, Jake Ferguson looked pretty good. Um, that guy's um, had some really good, you know, reviews in the past. He's somebody that, um, you know, could be a breakout candidate. I don't think Dallas lets Dalton Schultz walk if they didn't feel like that kid could step in and fill the void. Now, I don't think he'll be Dalton Schultz. I don't think he'll be the number two option on the offense, but I don't think we need him to be. Gallup should be healthier. We have Brandon Cooks. We have CeeDee Lamb. So I think he's that safety blanket. I I, I think he's going to eat in this offense. What does the Brian Schottenheimer offense look like? like the Mike McCarthy offense. That's just a guy. He's not there. He's not doing anything. I am a little bit nervous about that piece. I I would be lying if I said I wasn't, but honestly, it can't be any more basic or vanilla than Kellen Moore has become. So I I think worst case, it's a lateral move. Yeah. Kellen Moore was really, he thought he was playing Madden out there. I don't know if they Kellen Moore. I liked him really when he was early on in his when he when he first got there. I thought he was really pretty good, and he just Kellen Moore was great when Zeke was great, right? But that is, that five years sense. later, when when the the gas is out of the car, Kellen Moore's still over there trying to crank it. And it just wow. it didn't work, man. It and and that's an that's an excellent point. Your offense can always look good when you have a a guy pounding the ball and you're getting uh, you're getting uh, that kind of production on the ground. 
So you're you're 100 percent right on that. I never For thought sure. about it that way. Over Come under more. nine and a half wins. Over. What do you think, John? You had the schedule in front of you. You think they can win 10 of these 17 games? Gosh. I mean, they've got they got a brutal end of the season, too. You look at December is very similar uh, to what we we're referencing with the Eagles. They got a weird game with Seahawks on Thursday night, then Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions. Um, I think it's possible, but they got to they got to win these all of these toss ups. They've got some wins in there for sure. I mean, it, yeah, I, I think it's possible. Let's look at some uh, average draft positions. CD Lamp, 12th overall. Are we doing that? Andrew likes it. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, there's like I'd rather have Garrett Wilson who also goes around him. Bingo. You know, like like there's guys there that, and it depends on format. Like I like uh, Amon Ross St. Brown a whole lot for P- in PPR. So there's guys that go around him, but I think that that's a fine spot for him. He's clearly the number one target for Dallas. He's going to see a shit ton of the target share. Um and you know, again, I think Dallas is probably going to have to pass a little bit more than people expect them to this year because I do think they're going to be in a lot of closer games. So I think that, that the pass rate over expectation is going to be a little bit higher there. So I think that that's a fine spot for him. Yeah, with more leaving town, my initial thought was, well, they're going to throw less, but maybe not. Maybe game play, I, you know, game situations will dictate that they have to throw more. Tony yeah, I, do, I do think... I do think one thing that hurts them is Kellen Moore always ran an up-paced offense. Uh, he was always the top five in pace of play. That has now walked out of the door, and you know you get comments from Mike McCarthy about wanting to just run the ball a lot and you know have low-scoring, you know, knock it down games with people. So it's it's concerning, but I mean, CD Lamb's going to get his. He's a very good wide receiver, uh, so I think that, again that's a fine spot for him. Yeah, he's so, the kind that's going to let Dak know if he's not getting the ball too. For sure. So I got a I got a question for Andrew. Um, so as far as fantasy relevance with the Cowboys, you've got uh, pretty much you've got Lamb, Pollard, and then and then go ahead and give me your next two on the list. Uh, next one would be Cooks, and then it's going to go Dak after that, and then it'll go Gallup, and then take your pick of the tight end if you want, you know, whichever tight end you prefer. I I, I agree with Jordan. I think Ferguson is is a little underrated, and he's going way late in drafts, but it'll be Cooks after the initial guys. Pollard, 22nd overall. He's essentially, he's going to be your RB1 if you take him there at the end of yep. round two. Are you comfortable with that, rolling into the season with, with Pollard in the RB1 spot? In redraft, no. Um, I don't like that, only due to the fact of his his injury and, and coming back the timetable You know, for that. Is he going to be fully healthy going into the season? What's his role going to completely be? We've never seen him without Zeke. Um, you know, he's obviously not the guy that's going to be, you know, around the goal line for them majority of the time. So that 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 kind of hurts him a little bit. Um, but in best ball, I think it's worth a, a shot because the ceiling is so high for him in that offense. You know, we've seen what he did when Zeke was there. Now there is no Zeke. So I, I don't really worry about too much of the injury stuff uh, in best ball. But in redraft, I, I, you know, take that into consideration a bit more. Are you taking early running backs in best ball? So this is always a big debate, especially for uh, for underdog, because underdog is half point PPR. So obviously, you know, majority of the time running backs should be scoring more points than the wide receivers. But you do start three wide receivers and underdog. And a lot of people, you know, like to go zero RB. So they're taking a lot of the wide receivers. So you can get buried in what they call the wide receiver avalanche, where you will you'll miss out on all the top ones if you don't just take them ahead of time. So it's kind of 
you know, there's no wrong answer to it. It's really how you want to build your team. I usually try to pivot and let the board tell me what to do. So if a lot of people are going wide receiver heavy, I'm not just going to reach for one. I'm going to stick to my guns and take, you know, the best running back available. And I'll just have better running backs than a lot of, you know, of the other people. But, uh, you know, it's it, it's hard. I, I prefer to take the wide receivers early if possible, just because you're going to start three of them. And I know how these drafts go. You know, a lot of people take wide receivers early. I think it's shifting in that it used to be the scarcity was top tier running backs. There was only like seven or eight of them and you had to get one in the first round or you were screwed. And now it's more like, and as I look at the rankings of these teams, it seems like it doesn't matter if you can stop the run. If you have an effective pass offense and an effective pass defense, you're good. So I think the scarcity now is the Tyreek Hills, the Justin Jeffersons. There's only eight or 10 of those really good wide receivers and you have to get one of those and those mid-range like fifth sixth round receivers where we always used to win our leagues those guys aren't helping you anymore i think a lot of that has to do with the nfl's overall shift to to more of a running back by committee pretty much every team has a committee now there's not those you know historic bell cows that we had you know even five, six years ago, you know, there's no Todd Gurley's in this league anymore yeah. um, outside of a couple of guys. So I, I, I think that's the main reason the pivot has happened to the wide receivers. Absolutely. I'm old. So 47. So I'm slow to catch up, man. Me too. <laughs> because forever, if you didn't grab Marshall Falk, if you didn't go get your Christian Akoy, if you didn't have those guys, you were fucked. Yep. You're, you're, so we, I was running back, running back, and then let's put a team. Yeah, back. get Ricky Williams, get Priest Holmes, and I Priest just won Holmes. the league. Yeah. Doesn't matter who else I had. <laughs> give yeah. me a K, give me Walter Payton, and let's. It's over. <laughs> Techno bowl. Playing fantasy football since black and white TV. Yeah, he's been he's been using like a notebook. Easy. There was color. enough cowboys let's get into the new york giants nine seven and one last year they had one of those uh ties the 18th offense the 22nd defense pretty middle of the road they stopped the run effectively 147 yards per game or they rushed for 147 yards per game they were sixth in the league the rush defense terrible 28th pass defense 13th just kind of okay Head coach Brian Dable, arguably the heart of the Buffalo Bills, is back as the head coach, OC Mike Kafka. DC Don Wink Martindale, possibly the best defensive coordinator in the league, at least top five. They added Darren Waller and Paris Campbell. Don't forget about Paris Campbell. Richie James and a couple linemen left. That's about it. Their projected win total, eight and a half. What are they going to do with Saquon? Is Darren Waller going to be the guy? Those are basically my two questions about the Giants. Darren Waller going off as what tight end six, 76th overall. So big expectations for him. Well, I think the die was cast when they signed Daniel Jones to a big contract. He Daniel Jones needs Saquon Barkley, so they're stuck. You what what else are you going to do? You need that generational talent at running back to prop up Daniel Jones. So he's got to come back, right? I would think, and time is ticking. Like for a running back, yeah, who's already been injured. Oof, it's not. It's not. It's not a great situation, and and for the New York Football Giants, and I don't envy Brian Dayball, hell of a coach, but yeah, that's a tough situation when you're tied to those two guys. Guys, I I kind of feel like that the Giants are one of those teams that were, are going to start out really rough, and he's going to find 
this way about week six or seven. They're, they're going to put it together. I, I do like the Waller ad. I, I really like that because they needed they needed a a guy that they could go to, and I think he can be that guy there. Uh, you know, Jones needs a a check down a um, safety valve, and that's the one he thing needs that he's a lot. missed for a long time. So he needs an A plus uh, supporting cast, is what he needs. Yeah, no, you're you're right. He does, but I think he can shine in that, and I think that that they will make a scheme that will fit him. It's just going to take some time. My, my fear for them is, is that by the time that they get all the pieces put together, that it is going to be um, barring injury. But by the time they get it all figured out and put together, it's going to be too late. Maybe. I, yeah, I, I think Waller was huge for them. Um, he's a, He's a candidate to lead his team in targets for pass catchers. Uh, those are guys I like to target, especially for fantasy purposes. Uh, I think they're going to beat the brakes off of Barkley this year because he, you know, is hasn't been signed to a long-term deal yet. Not sure if they're going to or not, but I think they're going to use the living shit out of him this year. Um, and honestly, you know, th- th- this is a team that does not have a true number one wide receiver. So, you know, de facto... Darren Waller comes in here and we've seen Darren Waller have, you know, great success with the Raiders. And I think that he can do the same with Brian Daybold and the giants. And, you know, this is somebody that I have him ranked um, as my uh, tight end four. I have him above Dallas Goddard right behind TJ Hawkinson. So, you know, this is a guy that I expect to have a lot of um, touchdown opportunity and a lot of red zone usage. Um, Because again, you know, when you think of who's going to get the ball in the red zone, you're probably going to say Barkley. If they're smart, they're going to pivot away from that a little bit and go to their ginormous tight end. So, you know, this is somebody I feel that is a very good fantasy value as, you know, would you say tight end six off the board? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good value where he's going. Um, 76th overall. So, I mean, yeah. that's that's not bad right there. Your sixth round pick flops all the time. So it's not the end of the world if that happens. I think you're talking me into it because... I'm not even sure they have a collection of number two receivers like some teams do. They just don't really have receivers. Their yeah. number two receiver might be Daniel Bellinger, the tight end from last year. That's how bad it is in New <laughs> that's, York. Just saying. And that's what's holding me back. I'm buying completely in on Waller. I'm such a Dan Bellinger guy. <laughs> Did you see him come into camp this year? That dude is yeah. yoked. yoked. Yeah. Massive. Agreed. All legal supplements, I'm sure. Skinless chicken. <laughs> I I, I uh, do think that people are sleeping on Bellinger a little bit. It, it is giving me a little bit of pause on Waller. I, I do agree with everything that Andrew said, though. As, as long as that guy can come in and stay healthy, he's absolutely the number one option in this offense. Um, I also agree they're going to run Saquon Barkley into the ground when he comes back. I don't think he's going to get a long-term extension. Him and Josh Jacobs are going to die on that hill, or they're going to sign that damn contract. Josh Jacobs needs to just think about Josh Jacobs for a minute. Yeah. What one he way feels or another, obligated to get the whole running back market paid. Like, that's not work. your job, dude. It's not going to work. It, those days are they over. need to they need to reinvent the whole uh player like just the uh the actual collective bargaining agreement to include different provisions for running yeah. backs because, yeah, because these guys get nudged up and spit out. Yep. It's sad. I mean, you look at the dudes who are just the bell cows now, and every game they're just like, holy shit. <laughs> you know, they're getting the shit kicked out of them every game. You feel for it. But I don't know. I, I, 
I, I hope he has a great year. I hope he does get paid, but that's just not the the world we live in anymore. That's mm-hmm. long gone. I feel I like Brian Dabble's the type that's going to put his foot down and not let that guy get paid because I do think Dabble's a really good coach. Um, I was super impressed with how – I don't know how the hell he drug that team into the playoffs and won a playoff game last season. I think it was super impressive, and I, I feel like he has the proper vision, and I just – there's no way Saquon yeah. can factor into that. I get a lot of Mike Tomlin vibes from, from Brian Dable. I think this defense can improve from last year too. Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams ranked the number one interior D line by PFF last year, however much stock you put into that PFF has gotten into the hot take business a little bit, but they do have some good metrics. Kayvon Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Do you think he improves that kid played his ass off last year? I was impressed. Monster monster. That kid's going to be a force for, God knows how long. I, I'm a real big fan of his he, game. Yeah, he, he, he doesn't care dude, about people's too. feelings. Uh, he, he just shows pure disrespect. I mean, when he's snow angeling beside that was his the dead best. body. That, yeah, is, that was the best. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> yep, that won me over. He's sure. been a highlight tape since before Oregon, when he picked Oregon and all that. He he was, gosh, he's a monster, man. And he, you know what? He's playing for a ton of money, so I'm sure he'll be out there ripping and tearing. Speaking of their wide receivers, I think Jalen Hyatt, 172 overall, is the first wide receiver for the Giants going off the board. Not really going off the board either because, I mean, 172nd. Saquon, eighth overall, RB3. I feel like if he gets the usage you guys are talking about, that's going to be worth it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that that's a bad spot for him to go. I mean, really, you know, you always got to think about this. You know, people are always like, well, can they finish as run, running back three? Well, maybe not, but I mean, what running back five or six? I mean, it's really hard to just, ne- I mean, what are you going to do? Never pick the top guy. I mean, Austin Eckler is the number one guy off the board right now. And is he going to be the number one guy? Maybe, maybe not. I think it's fine for Saquon there. I prefer Saquon over Bijan Robinson. Uh, just because we know what Saquon is, we have no idea what Bijan is currently. Uh, so I, yeah, I think it's fine. I mean, last year he was a value going in the you know beginning of the third round, end of the second round. So now we got to pay up for him a little bit. But he's the guy. I mean, the next guy behind him, if you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe it's Eric Gray. Uh, I mean, does anyone here know who Eric Gray is? I mean, no. <laughs> exactly right. Like it's <laughs> it's Saquon. So unless he gets injured. That's the only way that that you're really going to lose this battle with picking him. I mean, he's he has the opportunity, he has uh, the trust of the coaches, and honestly, I mean, he has the natural ability to be the number one running back in the National Football League. So um, I'm not biased at all. I'm definitely not a Penn State fan, you know, with all my Penn State nice little <laughs> stuff here. So uh, not biased of, uh, on Saquon at all. Yeah, I mean, like say we we hope Bijan is Saquon. Why don't why not just grab Saquon? He's actually Saquon. Yeah. I, I would love to have that debate. This probably isn't the show for it, but I'm all aboard the Bijan Robinson train. That's oh, I love Bijan. Does is run the damn ball, and they've turned stars into guys like Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson. Give him a generational running back talent. That kid's gonna yeah. blow up this year. Yeah, no, and I, and I agree with you. I, I think Bijan's awesome as well. I just I would prefer to have Saquon because I mean, think about the Falcons, right? They got Pitts and London. The Giants, we just went over and have Waller and God knows who, right? Like it's so I I think that the Falcons now, I mean, the Falcons are going to run the ball probably more than the Giants will. um, So that's going to help Bijan. But yeah, I just think that I think Saquon's locked in for the entire role. Bijan, like you just pointed out, has Tyler Algier, who, you know, by all accounts was good last year. So if if they don't want to give Bijan 90% of the work, they don't really have to. 
they can't really afford the Giants can't really afford to not give Saquon 90% of the work. I mean, you got nobody else behind him, right? So it's I just think his opportunity is a little higher than what Bijan's currently is. I started doing some fantasy rankings. Boy, that's time consuming, but I did get <laughs> Yeah, tell me about it. I did get the top 10 running backs done, and Bijan is definitely in there. I'm mm-hmm. excited. I mean, yeah. I I do have the number one pick this year, so I'm a little extra excited about Bijan. Hopefully he saves the entire franchise. Speaking of saving franchises, yours just got sold, Andrew. The uh, Washington Commanders, 8-8-1 eight, eight, last year, 24th offense, 12th rushing, 21st passing. The rush defense, number 11. The pass defense, number 4, 191 yards per game. You weren't even throwing for 200 yards on these guys. Riverboat Ron, they brought in Eric Bieniemy to run the offense and Jack Del Rio to run the defense. Gosh. That's a coaching staff right there. Gosh, that's a lot of assholes in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Warren Sharp says they have the ninth most difficult schedule. Their win total is six and a half. I like the over. Way over. Six and a half. They can find seven wins. I mean, yes. I, mean. I, I was doing their schedule. I got them at seven, ten, seven and ten. And that's right my, line. and that's a painful win to uh, to assign versus the Bears on Thursday night football. <laughs> it's one of those matchups where everybody's a Bears fan is like we can beat the Commanders, and every every Commanders fan is saying we can beat the Bears. So that'll yeah, be you stole yeah, one from I, us on what was that Monday night last year? That was a painful one for yeah, us. Yeah, man, that 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 Mooney that catch started right our. Our trajectory. All right, just drive it straight <laughs> to the ditch. Now we lost. Yeah, but yeah, but at least you got a franchise quarterback that 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 you can kind of look forward to leading your franchise. We have yeah. the unknown of it, so I'd much rather have Fields on my team. Yeah. So what let's you- get into the brass tacks because here's the deal. I'm looking at my fucking dynasty team, and I'm relying a lot on Scary Terry. How do I look? <laughs> so. I mean, obviously, I love Scary Terry. You can pencil that man in for a thousand yards. It's the touchdowns that's that's truly the unknown for him. Um, I think this year he's going to be closest to ten he's ever been, and that's because of Eric Bieniemy. I mean, we've seen what Eric Bieniemy has done in Kansas City, and we can have the debate on is it Eric Bieniemy, is it Andy Reid? I, I don't really know. I love Andy Reid. You know, I really do. He, he's great. Wow. You always bet him off the buy, right? Andy Reid's awesome, but. Eric Bieniemy, I think, was overshadowed a little bit, and it was crazy to me that that man never got a head coaching job. So I was extremely happy when he came to Washington. There's I think something that, in his past. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of. We don't know. Hey, whatever, man. Yeah. Who who doesn't have skeletons in their closet, right? Like, yeah, but he's been passed up a lot. He should have had a yeah. job ten years ago. That's true. It's true. <laughs> I, I guess we'll wait to see. It ain't he no just worse. Needs than... to stop threatening women in parking lots. Is what he needs to do. <laughs> it was 1985. Let it go. <laughs> Yeah, so i i think i think scary terry is gonna have uh, a very good year but i also like Jahan dotson again shout out penn state uh Jahan dotson is another guy that that's has the natural ability to be a touchdown scorer so i think that they may eat into each other's work a little bit which for fantasy purposes kind of sucks but as a fan it's it's absolutely fantastic to just think about what they can do together. Uh, but Scary Terry, I mean, he's he's just he's amazing. He's always consistently in the top five at catch uh, percentage on off-target throws. So throws that really love aren't that. supposed to be caught. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's a guy that, that you want on your team and you want on your fantasy team. I mean, he's catching throws that nobody else really is going to be catching or a lot of people wouldn't be anyway. So I think you should feel fine with Scary Terry. If you're asking me if you should potentially try to trade him, Depends on who you should get. I'm never not going to try to trade somebody just because I like them. 
I'm, well, I'm not trading a wide receiver. I am so running back. I have got a 47-year-old's team. Yep. So I've got all the running backs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, Andrew, I got a question for you. Being a commander's guy, um, you know, for, for those people that are just tuning in that aren't your, your you know, they're, they're, they're not on the deep dive of, of, of every roster, go ahead and break down the, the role players for the, the commandos this year. So, okay. Yeah. So obviously wide receivers, they have uh, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel, uh, Terry McLaurin and, and Jahan Dotson are going to be the guys that are going to be most prevalent in the offense to potentially score touchdowns outside of the running backs. Uh, both of them have very good hands, natural ability in the red zone. Uh, we saw Jahan Dotson had seven touchdowns last year and missed five games. He led all rookie wide receivers and touchdowns. Or I, I'm sorry. He tied Christian Watson with seven, uh, for all rookies. You know, and he missed five games. I mean, that's pretty impressive to do. Scary Terry is just a workhorse, man. That that guy never stops. He, uh, again, has natural ability all around the field. He has a great vision. Uh, so so those are the guys that you're going to look for to score the most touchdowns on the team. Curtis Samuel um, and Antonio Gibson are going to be the gadget guys for the team. I'm excited to see what Eric Bannemi can do with both of them. I do think that they may work uh, against each other, though, because they do both kind of play a similar role. Both obviously can run the ball. Both, uh, you know, uh, people don't know this about Antonio Gibson, but he was a converted wide receiver, uh, you know, in college. So he knows how to catch the ball. He knows how to run in space as well. Same thing with Curtis Samuel. So both those guys are going to kind of be the the gimmicky gadget guys. And then you got, you know, big old got shot twice, Brian Robinson. I mean, this man, this man got shot, came back and still showed that he has absolute drive at the running back position. I mean, uh, you know, when they played the Eagles, he had a play at the goal line where like there was like four dudes on him and he just kept trucking along, reached the ball. People forget uh, reached- about that guy. People forget yeah, I mean, about what a study was. And yeah, you can get him in the seventh round. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's going right way, now, way he, later. I, so I, I got to tell you guys, when we're talking about the East, this is the team that excites me the most. And here's uh, mainly why I don't want to steal your thunder here, Andrew, but you know, it's not the enemy. The enemy, I, 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 I kind of disagree with your take on the fact that he was overshadowed. I think he, he literally was riding some coattails. But the guy that's more impressive to me is Jack Del Rio. Del Rio is, is, is a guy that I think brings them. He is the best counterpart to Riverboat Ron that you could have. I mean, that, I, I think that's going to be good stuff. That's going to be really, uh, really interesting. And he's got some pieces on that defense he could work with too. It's yeah, there's some I, cats. There people from I really, really like the commanders. Like as shocking as it was that the Giants made their run last year, it should have been the commanders. They're the better team. You look up and down that roster, the commanders are everything the New York Giants want to be, plus Saquon Barkley. Obviously, they well, have him. But go ahead. And, and Jordan, you hit the net. You know, you're right there. They won eight games. They didn't they didn't get trounced on. They won eight games. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they, uh, with nothing, with nothing. The the over-under, I think you said, was it six wins, Eric? I just want to point out in six seven. Six and a half, yep. Over the last, uh, or in seven of the last eight years, the Washington Commanders have either won seven games or eight games. They are the definition of <laughs> middle-of-the-road, mediocre. And yeah. I, I think if one or two things breaks right for them for a change, which it never seems to happen, I, I think this team can be a really good football team. That was just the Snyder karma. They don't have those bad vibes anymore. There the it football is. Football gods aren't angry at them anymore. 
what's happening with Chase Young? Is he going to play this year and bounce? Or what's are they making efforts to sign him? Have they accepted he's going to go get paid elsewhere? What's uh, the deal there? I mean, it's either I think it's either he's going to get traded or he's staying on the team and they're going to sign him. Um, I, I hope he stays because I don't think his talent has been unlocked yet with with the injury happening. Uh, we could see it before the injury happened. Um, I mean, he's just electric on the field. And I don't care what anybody says. I, I watched Chase Young on the sidelines because I, again, like I was super excited for when they drafted him. You know, he's a generational talent at his position. But that dude is the team overall guy. He's constantly on the sidelines, cheering, running up to players, giving them high fives. I mean, he was all over Taylor Heineke the entire yeah. time Heineke was was there and, and you know, playing as the starter. So I, there's like a it's a weird thing, like in the locker room, like you see some reports and like players are disgruntled with him. Like, it, I, I just I don't understand it because he seems like a team first guy. I want him to stay because, I mean, adding him to Montez sweat on the ends with Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne uh, on the inside. I mean, it's it's just absolutely fantastic. I mean, that's exactly what you want on a at, you know with a D line against some of these teams that have good rushing teams in the division. So, you know, it, it I, I don't know. I think that they're going to ultimately keep him, but I do think there's one guy that really wants him, and I could see them trading for him, and that's Mike Tomlin. Um, Mike Tomlin loves Chase Young. And I think that they could really use him, uh, you know, opposite of TJ Watt. So it won't surprise me if that's the team that ends up trading for him. But I really hope he goes nowhere. Didn't Tomlin say to Chase Young, I never want to lose enough games where I get to draft somebody like you? Yep. And he he never said he never (laughs) wanted to trade for a guy like him, though. So, I, you know, like it's that's just the guy I think that really wants to go get chase young and i'm not sure if they can make it work or not but i I hope he stays because if he if he stays and become any semblance of what he should have been uh you know i think the commander's defense is a top three defense on yeah i mean you see him and Watt on the same side wow well how do you you don't have enough linemen to account for that that's four of your linemen right there (laughs) now you have a center and a and a running back trying to stop the rest of the front seven. That just that math just don't work. <laughs> Let's see. McLaurin 49th overall, wide receiver 20. That's a scorching deal. Brian Robinson, 87th. And then Jahan Dotson. I think you've really sold me on him. I'm gonna start getting him on some of the best ball teams. I didn't realize he was that good. Like he had put up Carson Wentz kind of loved him. I know uh, yep. Penn State, he dominated, which it's not easy to dominate at Penn State as a wide receiver. Yeah, uh, Dawson, again, like he's just he carries uh, the, the thing is like when they drafted him and, and I watched a documentary about him, uh, he, he carries a ball everywhere with him, a football. Uh, it's it's like second nature to him to just catch a football. So his, his hands are like bar none to anybody on the team. I think he has better hands than Terry McLaurin, and that's saying something. Terry McLaurin's vision's better for sure. Um, you know, better a, adjusting his body in in the air. But Jahan Dotson just can catch a ball like wherever it's thrown, and it's like he has sticky fingers. It's it's amazing to watch, and I really do think he's a candidate for ten touchdowns this year. Uh, you know where you're getting him. There's not a lot of guys in that range, I think, that have the same upside that he has when it comes to touchdowns. That's one of the reasons I really like drafting him, you know, against the other wide receivers that are going in that same range. But yeah, I mean, Eric Bieniemy has already been talking about him, how he wants to unlock his potential and show exactly what he can do. I think the other thing that people kind of don't really think about with this offense is 
Terry McLaurin's going to draw most of the coverage. That's going to leave Jahan Dotson open for one-on-ones a little bit more. He's going to win a lot of those battles just because of what he can do with catching the ball. Yeah, so we've I mean, mentioned a lot of Washington Commanders. I haven't heard you say the quarterback's name one time. <laughs> <laughs> I was just fixing to say the same thing. Oh, mm-hmm. Sam Howell? I mean, that sounds like an insurance agent. Sounds like a guy that was stuck on an island. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be cool when the uh, you know when he's actually doing well and everyone starts howling inside the stadium. I mean, I oh, think that'll that's be great. Catch on, which you know is why they should rename themselves the Red Wolves. But that's another topic. Yeah, why restore the roar when you can do a howl thing? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Who's the number two quarterback? Jacoby We're Brissett. Need to know him by the end of the season. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett can carry the. That's a quarterback room. for a week or two. Is it Brissett? Yeah, Brissette. yeah, it's Brissett, yeah. Okay. Yeah, which which is fine. You know, I mean, he's a journeyman backup, right? He's kind of like reminds me of Ryan Fitzpatrick, except for not exciting. Uh, so I, I think it's fine, but I really do think that they're going to give Howe every chance because why not? He's a fifth-round pick. He'll mm-hmm. cost almost nothing if he actually is decent. So why not give him the should. shot? Yeah, exactly. They, they, they should because they should if not – give him the shot. If not, Brissette, if it's going Brissette bad – is the most red-skinned quarterback I've ever heard. Is he the new Charlie Whitehurst, Jacoby Brissett? <laughs> I feel like I've tuned into so many primetime games, and he's been the the replacement starter. He's got he, he just has that pedigree. Well, Collinsworth is just saying, like, well, and then coming in as off the bench, we've got Jacoby Brissett, and it's just him throwing football. He spent yeah. like four years in Indianapolis trying to be the guy, and he couldn't do it. If you like Chad Pennington, you're gonna love <laughs> Jacoby yeah. Brissett. Yeah. <laughs> He, he, he has uh, the ceiling of Sanchez. Yeah, just about. So who's going to win this division? I'm on the I'm on the New York Giants. That's my crazy oh take. My. Bold, bold take. It's the Cowboys and the Giants oh. finish last oh. in the division. <laughs> oh, my. I mean, I still think it's the Eagles. I hate to say that. I really do, but. <laughs> I just think from top to bottom. I mean, I'm 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 a realist as well. I think from top to bottom, they have the best offense. Um, they have the best defense. Uh, you know, I, I and that's saying something because I think the Commanders defense is very good as well. Cowboys defense is is good too. Um, and you know, just I, added Stephon Gilmore, so oh, yeah, I, I really yeah. like the Cowboys defense as well. Yeah. So I I, the I do think it's the Eagles. They really know how to block against Parsons this year. Somebody I mean, they have in the first couple of years. Parsons. I'm just saying. I mean, I don't know. I saw Michael Parsons play high school. I'm, I I live about 20 minutes away from where he played high school football, and that man's been electric ever since high school. Like he, no, if he can stay out of freak. trouble. Yeah, he, he's amazing. Yeah. He is a freak. Yeah, you guys seem to forget that the team that represented the uh, National Football Conference last year was a team uh, called the Eagles. They were kind of goodish. I mean, you guys just skim over. I, they're good. Like they're I, I don't they're forget. Good. I don't they're, forget. They're, they're really good. good. Right, and I'm not saying they won't make the playoffs. I'm saying that nobody in the NFC East repeats. It just does not happen. Their make statistics the all Jordan. the way back to 2004. Somebody else is winning that division. It just Have, is like that. Having thing, five guys with double-digit sacks doesn't happen often either. Yeah, sure. I, I really think the Eagles played as well as they – like I feel like they everything broke right for them last season. I, mm-hmm. I don't think they will replicate the magic they had last season. They've they got too a, many curses coming against them this season. It's not going to work out. Yeah, they, they had a toddler schedule last year, too. Their schedule was cake. This year, it's not It's not like that. So I, I do think that that's going to hurt them a little bit. 
Uh, but I still think that they win it. Well, and, and, and they own the draft. I mean, good gravy. They they did really that was well. Not the draft. fair. They did really well. Getting two I mean, top ten picks as a Super Bowl participant. My my thing with the Eagles is I feel like every year we talk about how well they did in the draft, right? But then it doesn't always really come to fruition. Um, I think Jalen Hurts, when they drafted him, I don't think there was a lot of draft buzz around that. I think everybody's like, oh, that's a project. And that was the best draft pick I think they've had in a long time. They're replicating the Georgia Bulldogs. So if those kids can go on and dominate at this level, <laughs> then they're going to crush it. But, I mean – I think they're basing a lot off of a letter on a helmet versus actual talent in the draft. And I mean, as good as those kids are, and and I will admit I was pissed when Dallas passed on Nolan Smith. Like I was licking my chops, him and Micah Parsons in the same defense, get the hell out of here. But um, Jalen Carter, man, there's a lot of red flags there. So we'll see. Let's, let's not anoint him until it actually happens. I think one curious thing about the matchups this year is they're paired up with the NFC West. And I have, I for one will admit, I have no idea who is what in the NFC West other than the Niners. Who are the Rams? Who are the, well, we know who the uh, the Cardinals are, but we who know are the, the Rams. Cardinals might not Seahawks? win a game. Seahawks, yeah. So I'm curious to see if this is the division that beats the shit out of the uh, NFC West. They very well might be, and they very well might be the top division in the NFC once again, even though they do have so many haters, everybody loves to talk about how much they hate the, hate the Cowboys. Uh, The commanders are, you know, garbage when really they're not. It's, it's an interesting from somebody in the NFC North, the perspectives uh, you know, I got a lot more respect for the, uh, the NFC East after last year. And I, I imagine they'll be tough this year again, too. Producer Chris, who's going to win the East? Uh, very easy. Philadelphia Eagles. Next. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's not the fucking point of the whole show. The point of the whole show is hey, Rob <laughs> over there told me that Scary Terry is okay on my roster. And I can yep. just chill out and I can use him. And immediately yep. you okay. went to the is, fantasy is football your... and started cutting people. Immediately. Uh, <laughs> Chris, immediately. Is your wide receiver the... one or wide receiver two? Because that could change things as well. Yeah, I I am really hurt non-wide receiver, and I'd rather not say it's a little embarrassing. Yeah, my wide receiver room is a little can, rough. Can you trade some of your uh, outstanding running backs you said you had? I'm trying. I we dropped try. Justin Fields back. last year. Was that a good move? Oh, <laughs> my God. Check oh. your message, Johnny Utah, if you don't mind. I Let's need see. to re-download the app. Here's what I'm working with. Austin <laughs> Eckler, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey. Joe Mixon, Kareem Hunt, Wilson, Matson, Akers, Williams. Those are my. See, I'll take Akers off your hands for a third. I would flip Alexander Madison right now while he's the talk of the fantasy town before he flames out in a couple of games and he's not that dude. My wide receiver one is Tyler Boyd. No, Tyler Boyd, wide receiver one is Terry McLaurin. Terry, yeah, not Tyler. <laughs> McLaur- well, he's on my bench right now. And Alan Lazard, <laughs> Terry McLaurin, Yikes. Claypool, Lazard. Oh my, Claypool. Claypool. Brown. What you got? You got have, win. Why you got you Hollywood done? Brown and Terry McLaurin? You're good. H- have you done your dynasty draft yet this no, year? You're good. No, you're good. no. Where, where are you in 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 that? In the round two. 
Okay, there's there's you some wide receivers that, that, that you picks. could get. I know a guy who has a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I got yeah. a few. There's some I, wide receivers. What, what, running, what running back am I trading out of Eckler, Mixon, and, and McCaffrey? Uh, well, if you, you want the most bang. Just hit me up. If you want yeah, the most, Chris. The, the most bang for Don't your buck is going to be CMC or Eckler. I probably <laughs> trade. I probably trade Eckler honestly out out of those yeah. two guys. Um, but I mean, Mixon would be the guy I would try to trade first. You're just not going to get as much for him. Yeah, I feel like yeah. people are skittish on Mixon right now. I think he comes in has a couple good games I, at the beginning of the season. I think he's prime for a trade. I, I just don't think he's going to be on the team next year. I'd rather get rid of him now while he's still on the Bengals than before he leaves and God knows where. I like the Madsen. way he thinks. Call a guy that has some picks and get that done right now. I know a guy who wears <laughs> the same side pants I do. I'm, I got, getting, uh, I'm getting Ackler for Hill right now, Tyreek. I got oh, some gosh. picks. I may be oh, interested in Cam Akers. Oh, what's this here? Chris Olave for I'm keeping the trophy this year, that's for sure. Thank you. Chris Olave for who, Eric? <laughs> for uh, Michael Thomas and Brandon Ayuk. No, I'm hard assuming, pass. I'm, I'm hard assuming pass. they're trying to give you Ayuk and Thomas. Do you, do you have Olave? We lost him. Oh, yeah. I say that they're both not moving, so I'm assuming oh. they're not here. <laughs> well, yeah. now I'm on the edge of my seat. Now I need to know if he has Olave or if they're trying to give him Olave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take Olave. I think <laughs> easy. I believe he has him. I, I think he's trying to get him. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't shut up about him deal. for an entire year. Yeah, I mean, I just he, assumed he had him. <laughs> yeah, if he has Olave, he better not trade him. But if he doesn't have him, I would hit that smash, uh, smash that uh, accept button immediately. Yeah. What do you guys? Well, I don't want to steer you off the topic here, but man, we you guys got to come back for the South episode because I really want to talk about that. The, the, the NFC South is the most intriguing one to uh, me, and uh, <sighs> there's a lot to talk about. So. I just wrote an article for the Sports Gambling Podcast. It's a betting article for the NFC South division. So I've uh, been, I, I took a deep dive into that division. You don't know how soft their schedules are until so you fully soft. look at it. Oh my God. I, it makes me want to play some like Chiefs versus Saints exact uh, Super Bowl parlays. Like, like some of these uh, exact Super Bowl ones with the Saints in it because, man, their schedule is so soft. I think that they could really uh, grab themselves yeah. a, a two or three seed potentially. Completely um, agree. But I mean, the the, the whole division is, is soft. Yeah, I think the Falcons are a good bet oh, as well I, to win I, the division. I, I think the Saints are the sleeper of the NFC this year. I really do. I, uh, I think the Saints cool, are that cool team this year. I think the Saints are that team this year that'll look really, really good in the regular season and then get smacked by a real good team in the playoffs. Oh, sure. you're you're probably right on. That's probably true. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I like that. But they've they've yeah. done they've done some some odd things and they've added some. You know, the 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 addition to Gruden with with Carr, I thought was was really impressive. Uh, you know that that guy has some knowledge and and they can bad emails or no he's. He's still pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyhow, I, I I don't know if Andrew wants to talk about Gruden. That well, might be a, a sore subject over there. Uh, um, he's talking about John, oh, not not Jay. Oh, 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 yeah. Fair, fair. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. yeah Jay Gruden. Oh, what yeah. a what a despair. Wait, did I miss that? Is John Gruden <laughs> coaching again? No, 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 no. He yeah. They're, they're no, talking he, about he, when he they, was. There. They hired him as a consultant for Carr. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 
gosh, that next oh week's episode. There's a teaser for you. Yeah, I haven't thought about John Gruden in a minute. That guy. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, they were saying yeah, the commander's uh, owner is the one that threw him under the bus, right, Snyder? So right, I wonder if some of right. this goes away. That dude, I mean, he caught a lot of heat. And I, I, I'm not saying what he said was great, but at the same time, it's like, holy crap, that guy really caught some shrapnel and some stuff he had no business the, in. The NFL pretty much gaslighted him and made him straight scapegoat. Yeah. Yeah, and it, well, he's been suing for that $100 million contract for going on a year now, right? Year plus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. He's, he's a guy, the NFL's better with him in it. I think they find a way to bring him back sooner rather than later. Eventually he will be, but. Yeah. You know. well, well, boys, guys, I don't know man, if these guys are guys coming back. On. I'm going to get out of here. Coach, it was great seeing you, man. Not. I think they just uh, ejected. Hey, good to see you guys. Come back for the South one next week. I'll come back anytime and, you want me. Yeah, so I, I told Eric anytime he needs me to let me know. Oh. I'll, I'll hop on here anytime. Next week oh, is the AFC North. We're get you guys back oh, on. There I love having is. you guys. Yeah, I, I was telling them, Eric, I just wrote up an article. Dude, I for, just, uh, I'm shaking hands and kissing babies, telling people goodbye, and you guys <laughs> just ride in again. We just hit the reset button. We'll talk about the South. Yeah. Well, next week is AFC North, then NFC North. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then South and South. All right. Working our way around the nation. All right. I'll get us out of here. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We appreciate every single one of you. Go over to PatriotSportsNow.com. Find all our latest goings on. Follow us at PSRNTWK on the Twitter. Jordan, where can the people find your stuff? Find me anywhere. Find me on uh, the um, YouTube Fantasy Sports Corp. I'm at True Serum Football. Um, I will eventually again write articles for Patriot Sports now as well. I'm a busy man. You can probably find my face somewhere on YouTube, though. You wear many hats. Andrew, what do you got going on over at uh, SGPN? What should the people go check out? Yeah, so obviously uh, you can find us uh, every week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Myself and my co-host, Justin Bruni, uh, do the Sports Gambling Podcast Fantasy Football uh, podcast and on YouTube. Uh, so, you know, come watch us live. We do a lot of drafts uh, on Underdog on, you know, on there. So we love having people come join us, talk about their teams. Uh, we usually break down friends and family's teams on there as well. Um, and, of course, I'm writing fantasy football stuff and uh, NFL betting uh, analysis uh, articles for the Sports Gambling Podcast. So you can find that over on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Hit me up on Twitter at arob 23 That's A-R-A-U-B-2-3 highly professional i love getting in there and doing best ball drafts with you guys that's fun then if you draft you're gonna team, they make fun of it you're gonna join us for draft day again absolutely yes. absolutely we're gonna need to block out a full hour uh, yes shameless plug it should be august 17th i believe it's a thursday night or thursday into friday 24 hours non-stop of best ball drafts join us on the sports family podcast youtube page we will be um this year's charity is going to be uh, the I Am Able Foundation. Uh, what they do on a you know quick quick little synopsis on them is uh, what they do is they 
get money and buy uh, wheelchairs for like veterans that want to be able to play basketball or nice. uh, go biking. Uh, p- people who have some sort of disability and or injury that they need some sort of piece of equipment to be able to do some sort of activity. Um, it's a really cool uh, foundation. It's a local one to me as well. Uh, the guy's super nice. Very cool. So, uh, you know, we will be collecting donations for that. Uh, and we're going to have a lot of guests on, including uh, potentially Michael F. Florio from the NFL Network. Uh, he, he joined us on a show uh, to talk some best ball with us. So, uh, you know, he has become a friend of the podcast. So, uh, you know, make yeah, sure you get everyone... Marcus Grant lately, too. I yes, think. Marcus Grant was on there as well. Uh, we've been getting some some more high profile guys to come on. So it's we've been very lucky uh, with the guests recently. But uh, yeah, I mean, we, we'd love to have you guys back on for another hour to draft some best ball with us, because that was a whole lot of fun last year. Hell yeah, that's a tradition at this point. I like getting in there for the like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. drafts. Yeah, man, that's that's Kramer's the fun part. A thousand milligrams <laughs> and 10 LaCroix deep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks everybody. We'll see you next Thursday. Till next time, be good to each other. Chris kicked the outro music. You've been listening to Patriot Sports Radio. If you're sick of all the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media, like we are, this show is for you. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. For more content and merch, hit up www.patriotsportsnow.com. Find us on Twitter at Patriots Pod, on Instagram and Facebook at Patriots Sports Now, and on Getter, Rumble, and YouTube at Patriots Sports. Take care, and we'll see you next time.